0: On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses the Yes Album. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Ken Gregory and Paul Zotter. In this episode, we start um, tackling the early part of the Yes catalog with the Yes album. But um so in, in this formal episode, however it takes place, we are we are aiming to cover the Yes album Fragile, Close to the Edge and Tales from Topographic Oceans, which is really quite a quite a full <laughs> plate when you think about it. So the Yes album was released in nineteen seventy one, released by or produced by Yes and Eddie Offord. There seems to be some ambiguity as to whether Eddie's name is spelled with a Y or an IE. I'd like to point out um, wow. it was it was released on Atlantic, and the band lineup included John Anderson, Chris Squire, Steve Howe, Tony Kaye, and Bill Bruford. Fragile was also released in
1: 1971. Wow! There's Imagine there. that. Um.
0: Huh. And I want to say when I when I put this together obviously the Yes album was released very early like February and I want to say Fragile came out in like November December of that year. But I mean, boy, weren't those the days. Can you imagine two right. Yes albums in a year? Yep. When we were growing up we had to wait, you know, 5 years for them. Yeah. Anyway, also produced by Yes and Eddie Offord, also released on Atlantic John Anderson, Chris Squires, Steve Howe, Rick Wakeman now replaces Tony Kay and still have Bill Bruford on the drums. Close to the Edge, released in 1972, produced by Eddie Offord and Yes, released on Atlantic. Same lineup, John Anderson.
1: Arguably the best lineup and arguably the best album.
0: I, yes. I'm not, we could have that conversation. Um, John, Chris, Steve, Rick, and Bill. And then Tales for Topic Tales from Topographic Oceans
1: and Arguably the worst album.
0: From <laughs> <Tormato>. <laughs> Tales kicks Tormato's ass every which way.
1: <laughs> no. Well.
0: Tales was released in nineteen seventy-three, produced by Yes and Eddie Offord, released on Atlantic and featuring John Anderson, Chris Squire, Steve Howe. Rick Wakeman, and introducing Alan White on the drums. So, there you go. If we, um, if we start with the Yes album, then... The Yes album is the third album by the English progressive rock band Yes, released on 19 February 1971, there you go, by Atlantic Records. It is their first album with guitarist Steve Howe, who replaced Peter Banks in 1970. And they're last in the nineteen seventies to feature keyboardist Tony K. There's a rousing introduction for you. My
1: God, that was my first birthday present. The Yes album? February
0: nineteenth, nineteen seventy one. Oh, 1971. oh. <laughs> ah. that's awesome. That's that is right. right. So the, uh, the the track list on the Yes album is yours is no disgrace. Clap. Starship Trooper, I've Seen All Good People, A Venture, and Perpetual Change. So, you know, obviously, um, Yours is No Disgrace, Starship Trooper, and I've Seen All Good People are, you know, three of the, the, the classic and best known of the Yes tracks. Um, But honestly I think um, you know adventure is and perpetual change are, are also very enjoyable. You know, this whole clap thing and the clap is a clap, is it the clap? Whatever. And and this is this is exactly why I needed to do my preamble about why I really don't I, I really appreciate everything that Steve Howe does, but I just I have no time or patience for Steve's little solo compositions on ah. these albums. I just, <laughs> you know, give me, give me another three minutes on Yours is No Disgrace and I'll be a happy guy. You know, why are you wasting my time?
1: I would say that Mr. John Anderson... Really appreciates a little bit of time to meditate, do yoga, eat vegetables, whatever the fuck he does. But I, I think it's exhausting for him to do what he does for a living, and and I, I, I would I would wager a guess that the you know and 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 Squire too kicking ass with his voice. They love every moment backstage, just to like crawl into a fetal position, and rest their larynx? Just a thought. Yeah. That's
0: great for the live show. Why is it on my album?
1: <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point.
2: You know, I... I, I it's, a good, it's a good filler in the album. I think that... Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm with you to a certain degree, Joe... After after my first few listens, I'm I'm mostly skipping through the clap. Like I, I don't I don't need to hear it. I I at some point in time in my guitar playing life, I thought I had dreams that I would be able to be able to play that song. And I I laugh when I listen to it because I think I got about sixteen seconds into the song. Yeah. That was as far as far <laughs> as I got.
1: Didn't and, Dan, like the little da- rip that- Dan Dan finally did mood for a day from from, yes. from front to back. Yeah. Not he the clap, but de- he did mood for the day. Yeah.
2: Definitely did. I think clap was a little bit more uh rugged of a song. Um, nonetheless, um I always I always chuckle when I get to like, you know, the 16 second mark, and I'm like, yep, and that's all I knew. That's all I did.
1: Um but, I, I was in a client's office the other day, and they had a certificate from the uh, Westminster Choir College. I just had to share that real quick. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Even even in IT, you, you get an IT director. You never know where he's been. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, you know, but I, I think you know overall, I, I I appreciated and continued in my in my career of listening to eighties hair hair metal. Always appreciated. The um, guitar instrumental, whether it was a uh, blistering solo or a, a lovely acoustic piece, and I, I think in my own recordings, I've sometimes enjoyed adding some flavor to uh, to the, the grouping of songs by putting an acoustic uh, solo in there. So I'm with you. I think it fits nicely in the song, and or in the song selection where you get through yours is no disgrace. You're about to launch into Starship Trooper. Um, and the clap is a nice little uh, intermission interlude in between the two. My chart so my phone is plugged in, supposedly charging, but the the power is still going down. How is that possible? Is your computer on? Yeah, well, it's on. It's on. It must be this cheapo USB that I purchased from.
1: Yeah. Royal amps. The world and, and- revolves around amps. The higher the amps, the better off you are.
0: So and and I, I you know I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you and you know this particular instance isn't as egregious as some I do find it discontinuous in my own personal experience um, you know you had mentioned other examples and even in your own stuff I think you know in, in places where it seems to to fit in that's fine but in this particular case it just seems out yeah. of place for me I,
2: it, it's it's fair enough um, because you know if when i think about the yes album i don't even think about clap no we've, well, already, it, wait, we've already spent too much time talking about it probably like well it you're right,
0: and, and you're you're right, right. Yeah. I mean, when when you start with, you know, with yours is no disgrace and Starship Trooper, I've seen all good people. I, I mean, what more do you need? You know, right. <laughs> I mean, those those <laughs> are are seminal songs. I mean, it's. I, I made a note here in my little notebook that this album is the start of the quote unquote real yes, you know, and. and with all due respect to time and a word as we discussed earlier you know those three songs really was was the you know the yeah. the first true manifestation i think of but,
2: of real yes go ahead guys this is the yes album i i mean this one is so easy to take for granted because it's got the hits if you will right yeah, um, And they are... I mean, these are the only songs outside of Roundabout that anyone will ever play on the radio. And it's <laughs> the only ones you ever hear and you get sick of them. Um, not because you're sick of the song, but just because you're like, oh my God, could they play any other Yes song other than I've Seen All Good People on the radio? But like, this is the Yes album. This, This, I dare say... This is the greatest one of all.
1: Well, it how is. did Steve Howe have that many fucking guitars before he even joined the band? It's like, <laughs> like, like, like he doesn't do this much work on the following albums. Like, like from the the, the the acoustic and the twelve string and the electric and like everything is fucking different. He's changing up like every two minutes on what he's playing.
0: And that's it, the amazing thing about Steve Howe. When he plays the Yes album today, he uses all those fucking guitars.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: He's switching out every, you know, three times in a song. Even drama.
1: Have you seen the video from drama where he's got the fucking guitar on a stand?
0: Yeah, I I saw him do drama.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: And he's I, fucking you know, nuts. I, I, he, yeah. he,
1: he's A D D. He just he can't stay on the same instrument for more than two minutes.
0: He's he is amazing. He, I mean it's it's like I said, in and watching him when when he performed with Asia and then yes, and I mean it was you know it was like three and a half hours of him doing that. And you're like, God, he's gonna die. And he was you know, he was probably what sixty, late sixties at that point.
1: Right now he's in his late seventies.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, and and yeah, it, it, I've seen all good people is 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 a perfect example because, like you said, Paul, you're you're sick of hearing it because it's the only one you ever hear, like on the radio, and you're like, oh, you know, the obvious song, but you listen yeah. to it, sort of, you know, and, and when you isolate yourself from that, you're like. Oh shit! It's really a good freaking song.
1: <laughs> well, when's the last time you listened to Roundabout? It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not your heavy metal song. It's not your Deep Purple song. It's not your classic rock song. It's really crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. and round Roundabout, I think, is a much better example of that because you know Roundabout had that sacred spot in the encore oh they're gonna do a roundabout the encore I'm gonna be pissed off fuck you you know they can do other things in in the in the encore but but there again if I I sort of can isolate myself from that and listen to that like yeah
2: you know that song pretty much kicks ass and after hearing all of the other songs I didn't need to hear roundabout I had heard that on every other tour and will continue to hear (laughs) it on every tour and um (laughs) And I was with Perry. The poor guy I had to sit through Gates of Delirium, close to the edge ritual. I mean,
1: no one should sit through Gates of Delirium ever.
2: Oh my gosh, it was it was amazing, and it was it was like a spiritual awakening for me. Um, I, so, all good people, right? The second part of that is like a phenomenal example of the brilliance of bill of bill bruford on the Yes album right when it's this this just it's just a very like when you think about the guitar part and the bass part it's not typical but for yes it's a it's a rock progression it's not it's it's a it's a more typical rock progression than you would hear and 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 yet you know he's not playing a straight beat you know keeping time on a hi-hat you know he's he's like Hitting the toms a couple times, right? The, his whole beat is just this loose kind of feel that just really makes the song completely unique in the way that that it's it's delivered. And uh, it, it, I think it's just it's just brilliant. And um, and the, the the first section, your move is just a it's just a beautiful piece, and you know it's been played to death. But you know when you listen to it, and you know when I listen to it in this, in this, you know, with this in mind, going through and listening to sort of the larger Yes catalog and kind of seeing how it all fits together, it's just so beautiful. And and um and you know these to me these are these are the Yes the Yes songs. This is the great stuff. There's no dispute. Oh, go ahead,
1: Ken. Sorry. Uh, 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 exactly what you said. Just insert Chris Squire there. Just it's <laughs> your move. Would not be a song without Chris Squire somehow filling in every little gap with just the right fucking note, either in his voice or in the bass. It's just delightful. It, it's 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 like a madrigal. They they used the word madrigal eventually on tomato, but um, I mean, he he was always. <laughs> He was always doing counterpuntal composition. He couldn't stop himself. It was amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, it, it's it's you know one of the quotes I remember from Bill Bruford was you know he would say things like you know I was they were going to be a vocal band and I was just going to play jazz drums or <laughs> you, you know he would say things like. He was like, you know, we would all sit around in a room and decide whether the next bass note should be a G or an F sharp. And um, but yeah, and and like you start to listen to yours is no disgrace, and and you know the the bass line in yours is no disgrace. I I mean it is it is it's just a masterpiece, and you know it's through the whole section, you know he's playing these. These bass notes, and then he's he's you know coming up and playing like sort of the the suspended fourth and the third notes, and going back to the bass, and and then on the second pass around, instead of playing the octaves, like he starts moving up and starts playing counter notes, and and it and it it changes the whole feel of what's happening, in in such a transparent way. Like if you're just sitting back and not really concentrating on the bass, it's just changing the whole feel of of the song in a, such a transparent way. And and I, I don't know if anyone was playing drums like Bill Bruford in nineteen seventy one, but I sure as hell know that no one was playing drums like Bill Bruford, you know, once I started really paying attention to music in, in <laughs> the mid eighties. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, even even Bill Bruford that... wasn't playing drums like that. Right, right. <laughs> and you know, like yours i'm I'm so not I wanted to take notes because I knew I was going to do this. I'm not articulating this really the way that I would like. but yours is no disgrace really emerged out of this this last round of listening as just the band's masterpiece um, the The rhythm section is just like it it is shaping and it's changing the way the song is going. Steve Howe, to your earlier point, Ken that we were talking about. You know, he is filling in the notes. He's, 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 it's, a, it's got this live feel that they're all sitting around in the same room. And Tony Kaye is doing his percussive sort of organ playing that is so complementary to everything that is going on. And it, it, is, it is masterful. It, the song just completely blew me away in, in such a new and exciting way this go-around than ever before.
1: Mm-hmm. um how did perpetual change happen amongst all this because there seems to be some fluidity in the in, in the beginning of the album and perpetual change is like kind of the heavy metal track of it all mm. do you, you know what i mean i mean I wonder
0: Well I, I and I should have I should have gone back and looked at the, the writing credits for these, but I have to wonder if you know if this isn't part of Steve Howe sort of you know, flexing his muscles sort of thing. Because and and it goes back to I think what what bruford was talking about you know it it's almost like everyone in the band had their own personal agenda of of what they were going to do so bill's going to sit back there and just play jazz drums because that's what he wants to do and and chris squire was going to sort of remake the way people thought about the bass guitar and you know maybe steve just wanted to kick some ass i don't know
1: oh interesting yeah yeah let me wiki that one i want to see what they got on perpetual change
2: uh not there's not too much but but i you know the funny thing about perpetual change for me is that it's it's you know it's got a fun little time signature thing it's almost like the the accidental precursor to changes many 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 moons later oh yeah Um, oh yeah but like I mean, that's
1: the the brilliance of Trevor Rabin. I'm sure he sat there and listened to Perpetual Change over and over again (laughs) before, you know what I mean? Before he even pushed power on the drum machine.
2: (laughs) But the... (laughs) You know, for Um. me... For me, the 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 line, the inside out, outside in, every day, like that is like if there is not a a more yes line than than that. That's that's very
1: Anderson. That's very Anderson. I I, so 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 the writing credit is Anderson and Squire. So yeah, it must have been it must have been Anderson doing the melody and Squire flexing his heavy metal muscles for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and, and it's got that oh, yeah. weird sort of ending um, where I I wonder if 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 it was you know Bill Bruford influenced just because of that like five percent for nothing or whatever it's called on Fragile similar, but it's like that yeah. and then that goes to one side and then like the main the main part is playing on the right speaker and they're like both happening together and then it all like you know comes together in the final verse which is which is you know clever it's cool yeah um, yep. impressive yeah
0: you know and 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 Ken, i think i think to the point you just made and and this you know again i didn't see them back in the day i only know them from 1987 on or whatnot but certainly at that stage in his career and I would imagine it was probably always the way Chris Squire I think just really always wanted to be a rock star.
1: Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I mean he's got the look. He, he yeah. always
0: had the look, yeah. He
1: always had the clothes, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I think if you go back and look at 9012 live that may be somewhat questionable but
1: that's all right. I mean, uh, in 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 this Era in this theme. It's worth checking out YouTube if you haven't. Um, I believe there was a station in Amsterdam that made a a video that that was of some pretty good length. I think there was a BBC video of some pretty good length, and it really shows just the well sarcasm and the. humor that they had, and we had a similar thing at a similar age, and and, 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 and it, it really shows that um, the media had the time to embrace this complex music and these complex people and turn it into uh, a little promo. So, yeah, if you get a chance, I, I, I would search for uh, Yes and BBC and Yes and... I'm going to try the... Was it Amsterdam? Uh, That's bringing up too many live things. But there was definitely a uh, a, a two public TV interviews slash video uh, productions that they did. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, sounding out the BBC. So that would have been 71 slash 72. And they show a lot of interviews. Uh, um, Chris Squire is even uh, more intoxicated than I thought back then. Uh, and, 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 sh- and and short of words but the other guys are pretty articulate um, and then uh, let me see if it was Sweden was it S- Swedish television uh, we should well,
0: we should we should keep track of these links and Paul maybe this is something we can put on our Facebook page
2: yeah as we I was start. gonna say Ken out. If you Shoot those links over, man. That would exactly, be cool.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, they did two documentaries, and, and it, it's not that different from the way that we interacted with, uh, you know, Bucks County Cable Television, Maggie, whatever, to, you know, hey, we <laughs> have a band, and we want to talk to you, but it's going to be contrived. Uh, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're going right. to bring our best game to the table, and they're going to bring their best game to the table, and we're going to make a quick little... Uh, Snippet. That's exactly what Yes did, but they did it, you know, ten years earlier, and it's brilliant. So yeah, mm. I'll, I'll shoot over these links. Cool, cool.
0: So, um you know, let's let's roll on to uh, Fragile just for fun. So Fragile is the fourth
2: studio album by the English oh. rock band
0: Yes. Oh, dude, really. dude,
2: dude, dude, dude but, Sorry. but Um. Just a couple other things. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. About about the Yes album. Yes. Um Please. So, like the other thing that I think is is, you know, as um as I think you guys both know, when it comes to me listening to music, usually lyrics and the meanings of the lyrics are the very last thing on my priority list of of like comprehending, right? So. Which is great listening to yes because even if you know what the song is about, um, <coughs> it generally doesn't make any sense anyway um, with John Anderson's lyrics. But there were just a couple of things that I you know that I thought were cool was that you know yours is no disgrace being a anti-war song, um, which you know growing up listening to that I never would have expected the idea of that being an anti-war song i had no idea what it what it was about but like thinking of that in that in that perspective um there's some really there's some really cool um there are some really cool lines that you know if you think about it you know if he's if he's talking about you know um the uh you know being a warrior being a being a soldier you know crawling out of their dirty holes their morals disappear um you know, if the summer changed to winter, yours is no disgrace. Like, there's just some things in here that hit me that were, like, pretty cool um, from that sort of anti-war kind of um, perspective, um, which I thought was cool. And then, like, Starship Trooper also having um, sort of this mystical kind of um, topic of, like, looking for spiritual... Um uh looking for this sort of the spiritual connection right um yeah i just I just felt like that was kind of cool, right um and the other thing that I thought about that was interesting is that that amazing classic ending to starship Trooper was apparently written by Steve Howe and put in a song in a different band that he was in prior yeah. to to yes so this is one of the most classic riffs of all time. The last, the outro of, of, um, of Starship Trooper called worm or Verm or whatever. And, and like somewhere there's like three other guys in a band going, are you kidding me? That was an <laughs> art song. What the hell going on? So I just thought that that was, I thought that was really, really funny. um, I'm glad you brought that up because
0: I had seen that that story getting ready for this myself, and I was I was fascinated by
2: that. Yeah, and and it's funny because like, it's certainly not the first time that Steve Howe will do that. Um, that he's got that solo album that came out prior to the Union album, and many right. of several riffs show up on the ABWH contributions to the Union album in his solo album. So I think that's, that's pretty funny. And then the only other thing that I wanted to say is that again, Bill Bruford, like that there's this one fill in yours is no disgrace that he uses so often, which is just like a, um, it's just like a, and it's like the first hits are on the snare and then he hits it off of the, the Tom to finish it off. And it is just like the most clever little, like un. Assuming Phil that just completely transitions the song in so many different ways, and I think it's brilliant. And then I just before we get to fragile, you know one of the things that i that I kind of thought l- listening from time in a word to um, to the yes album was how Peter banks, you know, wasn't necessarily. Um, I don't. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he. He. I, I wouldn't say he was the weak link, but he was probably not um, a, a, up to the same level of contribution. Maybe that. That at least it sounds like with the rest of the band. And I feel like as you listen to the transition from the Yes out Al- the the um, the uh, the time and a word to the Yes album, that you really you feel the difference with Steve Howe. And you kind of get the sense that, you know, Tony K is, is, you know, if there is such a thing as a weak link, he's probably contributing the least to what's happening at this point. And you can definitely see where, like, things like, you know, things that will happen in Fragile could never have happened in, in the band with Tony K. Because he just he just doesn't approach things the same way, and he's not he's not approaching things on the same level as as Steve Howe, and I think it's really, um, really quite obvious when we when we get to fragile. So that being said, Tony K has written the greatest of my my favorite yes keyboard line, which is that that flute-y type of organ in um in your move um through the second verse where he's like you know do 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 like which i've never heard anyone play live um and any of the iterations of yes that i've seen i don't think anyone's ever played that particular um that particular line um but you know tony k seemed to make a, an appropriate exit at this point in
0: time <laughs> and and yeah i, I I want to come back to that once we get into Fragile and we talk about this transition. Um, I think that's interesting. Ken, any other thoughts on, on the S album before we move on?
1: Uh, no, I wanted to hit Perpetual Change. Uh, I, I was worried we were going to skip that one, so we I think we made it through.
0: Okay. So then if we uh, transition into Fragile, which is the fourth studio album, by the really? And yes.
1: Oh, 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 oh! It's it's curfew.
0: <laughs> oh, is it curfew?
1: Yeah, it's one o'clock. All
0: right. We'll. Uh, <laughs> we'll
2: <get in> now. <laughs> oh well, that's good. I'm down to thirteen percent, so that's probably. Uh...
0: <laughs> All right. So we will uh, we will pick up then on on fragile. Um, the next time we convene, and then we'll we'll finish out with uh, with the other two. Fair enough. Fair enough. Awesome. Excellent, gentlemen. This has been fun. I'm, I'm glad uh, that you know we seem to have made the transition okay. Good for us.
1: Yes. Band number two.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Progressive Palaver. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation. As always, we've enjoyed sharing it with you and we look forward to your input and your feedback. We invite all of you to reach out to us. Um, You can tweet us at progpala. We are available on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. I believe all of those are as Progressive Palaver. And we are also uh, available via email. And that would be progpala, P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. Prog uh, Progressive Palaver is hosted on uh, iTunes and Google Play, as well as on SoundCloud. So we invite you to, uh, to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts on the Yes album. And we look forward to continuing our discussion of Yes in the coming weeks.